This is the Scamp Life Podcast, a weekly show for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson, Chris Callow, and Kelly Cook. Now it's time for another entertaining episode exploring the fantastical world of summer camp. Welcome to the Scamp Life Podcast. We are all three here today, and we have a special guest. Samantha is here today. From how I always say it wrong. Is it Kennelin? 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 Kennelin. I think yeah, I said right. it the same way all three times. But <laughs> <laughs> Kennelin camps. And Samantha, you've been on before with us, so you're an old pro at this. You got it down. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're learning as we go, right? You know That's what camp's all about. Crazy it is to work with us. But we're talking this week about overnight camps and some COVID changes. And so things that overnight camps are doing to make camp a little more COVID friendly. And so, and, and you ran last year and so have kind of some background as well as some new things you're going to do for this year. So we're excited to talk with you about that. I'm super excited to be here with you all. So, uh, Samantha, go ahead and for those who didn't hear you on a previous episode, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about camp. So I am Samantha Townsend Bundy. I am the assistant camp director here at Kennelan Camps in California. We are in the Santa Cruz Mountains and we operate a day camp and an overnight camp here. And... I have been working in camp officially for 10 years, but I was a camper for 13 years before that at Kennelan and at other camps um, across California. So shout out to Summer Quest and Sky Lake Yosemite Camp and Super Camp. Um, I'm alums of all Super those Super Camp? So yes, <laughs> love me some Super Camp. I'm interested now. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's an, it's a super cool program. You should, you should look it up. They, uh run on college campuses. It's, it's awesome. And Samantha favors people from the UK. Oh, apparently. apparently. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We have a, we have a long UK history. My, my dad's from the UK. My husband's from the UK. Um, I'm a dual citizen. So I guess it's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of UK history here at camp and we definitely uh, incorporate a a lot of staff from the UK and Europe um, in our camp program, which is fun. That's awesome. So Samantha, you ran last summer, day camp and resident camp, like a few weeks of each, right? Yeah. So we started um, running day camp at our overnight camp location Mm -hmm. because it's a little bit bigger than our traditional day camp spot. And so we ran six weeks of day camp at overnight camp um, and then expanded and also opened our day camp. So we were basically running two separate day camps at the same time. And then that was just to increase capacity. And then we shifted to overnight camp once tourism started opening in the local area. And then we dug into fall school camp. So we had kids here for um, a number of weeks doing Zoom school all morning long and summer camp in the afternoon, which was interesting to have kids in Catholic school uniforms and doing color guard in the middle of camp. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was was super fun. And it was an experience that none of us will ever forget. Wait a second. They had to wear their uniform for Zoom too? Yes, it was pretty intense. 
teachers were really trying to, you know, figure out how they could, you know, incorporate rules into Zoom school. So we had kids in uniform. We had one girl who got called out for having a virtual background. Apparently they weren't allowed at her school. And so she's like touching the redwood trees behind her. Like, uh, no teacher is real. That's awesome. So yeah, we, we had, I don't think we'd do it again, but um, we had a lot of fun doing it while it lasted. Did you have the kids that, you know, oh, only the top is showing. So I'm just going to wear the uniform top but i got pj oh, bottoms sure. on yeah <laughs> i would do yeah. that <laughs> yeah definitely yeah some of those kids were rolling out of bed we tried to get them you know just like all parents were doing you know at the beginning of the school year get up get dressed do all these things but um you know at camp you're tired so no. that's awesome though. <laughs> so that's what's cool. your recruiting strategy for this summer and is it different than last summer yeah, we're in an interesting position because we ran last year. We have a lot of returners. Yeah, awesome. And so I'm talking to a lot of camps who are like, oh, we lost our staff pool. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we didn't really. Um, so I know I feel sort of bad rubbing. I hate you. Faces, but, <laughs> uh, I know. But I'm like 90% staffed and I have been for about a month. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, those specialty roles, you know, just like everybody else is struggling with, you know, my, my ropes course didn't run last year and my equestrian program didn't run last year. And so, you know, trapeze, all these specialty programs that you'd normally have your staff coming through the ranks and sort of building their way up, we lost that. So we still have that issue just like everybody else does. So our recruiting strategy has mostly been talking to the staff from last year and having them return. And then any staff that were hired in 2020, but couldn't join us, domestic and international, they were given priority um, employment for this summer. Um, And many of them took advantage. And we've had a a freshman counselor program for a number of years. So our kids do a three-year leadership training program and have the option to uh, join our staff for half the summer before going off to college as long as they're 18. And so we get a lot of our staff through that program. So I think maybe 20% of my staff for this year were campers um, through that program. And then about 80% of them were campers, you know, and are now returning staff. Any new rules for your staff, like with time offs or, I mean, just how they're going to interact too? Yeah, um, we're we trying to keep rules as basic as possible. And, and what we've said all along is, you know, we will continue to relax things as the local environment, you know, agency also relaxes things. We are telling staff that they should commit to being here pretty much the entire summer. Um, and that, you know, time off will not be the same as it has been in the past, but we don't necessarily know what that means yet. We're going to flock them is what we're calling it. So um, rather than calling them whatever with stable pods and all these different things, we're going to put them in flocks based on their division. Um, Our divisions were already called birds. So we love a bird pun. (laughs) And so they'll be in in specific stable groups, um, you know, so that they know who they can interact with. Um, And we're going with the rule of two of three. So we're asking everybody to, as often as possible, mask distance and be outdoors and they should be meeting two of those three criteria at all times including when they're on their time off it's too complicated to make a bunch of different rules for kids and staff the, the simpler yeah. you can make it they're more likely to follow last year we found that we just didn't know what was okay and what wasn't and so it was sort of this wait till things get weird and awkward before you say maybe we shouldn't be doing that um, and that doesn't fly anymore so I'm trying to keep the rules simple, but they know that their time off is going to be 
potentially on site in a in a area away from kids that has internet and Grubhub access. <laughs> Have most of them been okay with that? Yeah, actually, for the most part, I think pushback. Um, a little bit of just clarifying questions. I mean, it, it's been so far out, right, that I we're still gauging how truly committed they are to that. But I think from talking to a lot of our staff, many of them are sort of at private schools that are open. So they're in their dorms in some other state doing virtual learning. And so being in a box like that, being at camp is going to be so much better. So they're still looking at this opportunity as an improvement from their home life. If things really open up between now and then, and they can do whatever they want and go, <laughs> you know, yeah. to bars in Disneyland, um, I don't know um, how committed they would be to a, a closed camp. But I polled them on a Zoom call, and the number one thing they were excited about for camp this summer wasn't money, but was being outdoors. That's what they wanted. Oh. So that was promising. I'm getting more pushback from parents, from some of our younger staff. Like, well, they can't be gone the whole summer. And the kid's like, please, please, Chris, just keep me here all summer. Like the kids don't want to go to mom, you know, they want to stay here all summer. Helicopter moms stay at home. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say we're getting a lot of questions from parents just about, well, what will the staff be allowed to do? Like they're concerned Mm -hmm. about, you know, us, protecting that for, um, you know, their kids, which is fair enough. And it's a fine line between, you know, running a a program that is effective for the kids. And also as, you know, employers in the state of California, um, there are some very specific rules that we have to, to abide by. So with, you mentioned the the two of three masks Mm -hmm. being one of those, those of the three, but is there anywhere with camp that you are requiring masks or just saying, no, you don't have to wear your mask at all in any of the the aspects? Yes. Swimming, eating, sleeping, showering are all sort of get out of mask free cards, you know, definitely. And you know, again, we're going to be flexible with those rules as camp comes because we don't know what the local environment will be like. But, you know, the way we operated in 2020, after the kids were here for a couple of days, they had basically established a new household. And so, you know, while it was still important for us to be wearing masks and, and have them, you know, near us so that if they had to interact with somebody that wasn't in their stable group, like myself or a nurse or a food service provider, that they were ready, you know, to mask um, and it felt normal. We had a lot of kids who, even when they were told they didn't have to wear a mask, they wanted to. And mm-hmm. that I'm perfectly okay with that because regardless of COVID, I don't know what you all call the flu that goes around camp. We call it the kennel and crud, but you know, (laughs) it's this yucky nose drip thing that happens Mm. and you lose your voice. It comes through camp every year. We didn't have that last year because people were washing their hands and wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we can prevent those things, I'm, I'm all for it. Isn't that cooties? Yeah. Cooties. There you go. That's that's (laughs) the general camp term. Yeah. So, but the masks were really hard because what is distance? What is stable groups? What are all these things? Um, And, you know, we did have some parents who were like, well, one of my kids had to wear a mask all the time, but my other kid's counselor was a little bit more comfortable, Mm. you know, with this. And the rules were the same, but some counselors were better at saying, you all just sit farther away from each other and you don't have to wear a mask. And others Mm -hmm. just didn't want to have the fight. 
So wear your mask all the time. And then I don't have to keep telling you to spread apart. And my thing is you're, you're in the cohorts. Like, isn't that the whole idea of it? Why do you, right. Our our County health officer was pretty supportive. We spoke to her in May on a a zoom call and she was like, I'm a parent. I get it. The kids are going to get put in groups and they're going to be all over each other in five minutes. You know, like let's just control what we can control and you know, Mm whatever um but then when she can be more restrictive than the state but not less restrictive and so when the uh state came out and decided that the kids needed to also wear masks which was in the middle of one of our camp days we then had to pivot and you know change the rules and we had parents and it was the whole thing but the kids i know we keep saying that the kids are resilient but they really are and they're smart and they want to be at camp. And so they figure things out. Um, yeah. And-, and the kids seem to have less problems than the parents do. I have had zero children, anything we've done at camp, even my own kids. Sometimes I have to tell them to take the mask off in the car. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wear your mask anymore. You've been wearing it all day at school. Oh, yeah, no big deal. It's the parents that are complaining more. And I'm like, you don't even have to deal with it. The kids don't care. They're fine. They're trying to advocate to provide normal experiences for their kids because that's what they haven't been able to do for the past year. And so I think, you know, they just want their kids to be at camp and be normal. And Mm -hmm. the kids don't really care what is normal anymore. Like camp wasn't normal to begin with. So, uh, you know, they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're making it work. So Samantha, what about cleaning? Are you doing a lot more of that? And are there certain, or, or are you just kind of like, you know, we do, we do some of these camps are buying special equipment that are thousands of dollars and everything else. Well, I mean, the CDC announced this week that, you know, touch surfaces really aren't what we're worried about. Like we were all sort of assuming that and, and they really confirmed that. Um, but the common cold and neurovirus and all those things are still around. Um, so we in 2020 really put the responsibility on the counselors. Like, I'm not going to send a cleaning crew in to touch the stuff that you made nasty, you know, and maybe make them sick. You can clean up after yourselves and you can, you know, Mm -hmm. do all these things. And, and we were honest with them that it's not that they didn't have to be, you know, scrubbing toilets all day long, but you know, take a spray bottle with you and spray down the stuff that you use, like no big deal. Um, So we implemented a system where basically we had two sets of most of our activity equipment or Mm. they had their own sets. And when they didn't, when they had to share, we basically had, you know, markers. And so they would disinfect their stuff and then put a clean marker on it. And, you know, the next group would be good to go. Um, for this summer, I imagine some of that with our super high touch surfaces, but, you know, we're going to be focusing on, you know, cleaning the food, you know, tables that the kids used to eat on and, and some of, some of those things. And we'll definitely, will spend some energy disinfecting, um, you know, places like bathrooms and swimming pool where we've said we're not going to wear masks, um, but yeah, some of these camps that are hiring extra cleaners and doing all these things, I get it because they're they're doing the best they can, but that doesn't really seem to be where we see the issue. Um, and mm. so, you know, we're doing the best we can. But we found out that our food, our food service cleaner was actually COVID, it fought COVID. So we ended up having like 20 bottles of that stuff that, you know, made thousands of gallons. And so it didn't cost us anything. 
Um, We started with a a bunch of rubbing alcohol and that got really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) How about transportation? Any changes with your transportation? Yeah, we are not doing it. Yeah. Do you, um, have you done it in the past? So yeah. we had a lot of campers coming internationally and from out of state. And so, you know, as long as the CDC is saying that unvaccinated people need to shelter in place for 14 days, you know, or 10 days of the test or seven days with whatever, we, unless you're bringing your kid here and sheltering at a hotel before you come to camp, technically we don't think you can be a camper here based on the rules, you know, that we have in California. So that sort of made the decision for us, but we were also concerned about bringing people from different places and then our staff being the ones in the van, you know, bringing them to and from mm-hmm. camp. We'll have to provide transportation for our staff. Um, we need to get them here, um, you know, from wherever they're, they're gonna be. But normally we would do outside of camp trips. We'd take them to a local theme park. We'd take them to the beach and we're just going to focus our energy on being at camp and being together and bringing, you know, some exciting carnival-like things to camp. It's a cost saver for sure, not having buses. So, you know, maybe, (laughs) and, and the logistics of it, I get so stressed out Mm -hmm. about, you know, did every kid take their EpiPen and do you have a right radio Mm -hmm. and do you have my cell phone number? And did you take the health forms that I'm, you know, I can already sleep better at night. A lot of little things you might keep in the future. Like that's kind of where yes. I'm at with transportation. I'm like, ah, I may just not do this ever again. Exactly. The logistics <laughs> so. of getting a kid from the airport is like unaccompanied minor and all these different things. It's just the worst. And having to staff, mm-hmm. normally that would be staff time off. And now you have to pull in staff. I mean, there's so many messy things. Oh, wow. But it does bring a richness to our program. You know, we had a, a huge, uh, a good relationship with a group of kids who were coming each year from China and Russia and Canada and Mexico. And those kids maybe not being able to come is really sad for us. We will do day camp transportation, but that's sort of a different different beast in itself. But, you know, just, just having regular transportation here, we're not going to do it. So with the kids coming and going with no transportation, but what does your check-in and check-out process mm-hmm. look like between luggage and kids and COVID policies? Yeah. Arrival was super important to us to get right. And we felt that when you're telling parents they can't come into camp and like make their kids bed, you have to really put on a show in the parking lot. And so we had the benefit of being able to practice it for six weeks of, of day camp. So we did a pre-arrival form for the kids to, to check for symptoms. Testing wasn't really um, that wide widely available last summer, especially mm, yeah. for kids, right? It just wasn't really, you know, everyone's focus. So that will have to change this year. And we're still evaluating how we will test, but we have them do a symptom check before they come. And then we had a big sign with questions um, that a counselor would hold and, and welcome them to camp and say, you know, can you still say no to all these questions? And then we have them pull into our parking lot um, and really trying to preserve that like welcome to camp before, you know, I'm up your nose with a swab or taking your temperature, right? Like welcoming them to camp and and getting them settled there is the most important part. And, you know, expressing to families before they arrive that, you know, these counselors might be in PPE and explain to your kid what that means. And, you know, that there's still a friendly face under there um, and posting, we would post photos of our counselors before they arrive so that the kids could get a better idea of like who they were greeting. And then greeting them at their cars, 
with our normal intake form, you know, regardless of COVID, we still have to check for lice and temperatures and medication and all those things. So we'd have the counselors, we gave them a, an arrival window and then the counselors would greet them at their car, um, check in with the parents. The parents would unload their car and we gave them an extra parking lot, uh, spot next to their car to have some wiggle room around the car, check in with their kids, um, say their goodbyes at the car. And once their temperature was negative and we had everything we needed, we would escort them to our nurse check to do lice check and check in medications and things like that. And then once the kid was sort of done with that, we would give the parents an all clear. And there was definitely challenges. Um, we were lucky last year that most of our kids were returning. So it wasn't, you know, a super new experience, but we definitely expect that, you know, we have about a third of our kids this summer are going to be brand new to, to Kennelan. And so how do we, you know, still greet them with the same, um, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling? Um, and we're lucky that we're not super remote. Um, I do imagine that some of these camps that are like five hours from a big city uh, are having a little bit um, more difficulty uh, dealing with these logistics, but we're 10 minutes from town and an hour and a half from San Francisco. So it's not a bad day out for the parents um, to, to get That's their cool. kids gone. So I'm curious, what are your, what are your thoughts and what are you going to do media wise? Are you still going to be posting pictures or... They're like, I don't want to deal with parents being like, hey. We're actually going to you know? go more photos than normal. Um, really? And, and more stuff. And part of it was, if we're telling the parents that they can't come in the gate, then we have to give them some window into their camper's experience. And we learned a lot. I mean, we're a tech-free camp, and we, we will always be a tech-free camp, we think. But we learned a lot having kids with constant access to their parents on Zoom um, during fall camp last year that actually it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and so we're, we're doing yeah. our best to sort of bridge that gap. Um, so we'll, we'll be posting a lot of photos. It's sort of a bummer because they're not great marketing photos like going forward. We took thousands yeah. of photos last year and like, you know, other than marketing for this year, like what a waste, you know? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So we'll have, we have an app where we post photos um, and the parents can take a look at those. Um, we do an email once a week from the counselor to the parents. Um, that's more of a generic um, cabin by cabin um, bit of info, just what they've been up to. But we just feel like telling parents that they can't come in and see the cabins and all these different things. Um, we have to give them some sort of window into their their kids' experience and just being really honest with expectations now, so that when they do see a photo of two kids sat next to each other on a bench, not wearing masks or whatever they might be concerned about, that they're not concerned because we've already expressed to them what our expectations are. I like that. I, I've been trying to figure out my media and what I'm going to do. So I like that. I wrote that down. Good idea. Uh, how about sleeping arrangements? How, uh, how are the kids? Are they different somehow or similar? They are. <laughs> um, and I think that this might be our most, the most controversial thing I state. Um, but our, uh, our counselors are not living in the cabins with kids this summer. That is something that we did last year. Um, so we put the counselors in cabins right next door to the kids and they had a baby monitor and audio only baby monitor. Um, and the kids sleep foot to head, which is not super feng shui, um, I know, but they, um, there's markers on the bunks that say which side their head should be on so that we've dis uh, distanced. And some of our beds that are close together will be installing plexiglass. But uh -huh. our counts, our kids will be in cabins of 
seven to nine um, campers and then their counselors will live in the cabin next door and they'll actually combine with another physical cabin to be a cohort during the day. So it's like 14 kids and two counselors. We just felt like the counselors can be in there and put them to bed and make sure they're brushing their teeth and doing all those things. But eight hours of breathing the same air all the time, you know, wasn't something that we were comfortable with as an organization. Um, we share, we were very honest with our families about, you know, why, why we were doing what we were doing. Um, and some families canceled um, and, and decided to, to come next year and roll over. And, you know, some parents were like, that's great, you know thanks for, you know, being mindful of safety. So every, everybody's preference is different, but that's what, you know, we went for and we are going to have to train on, you know, how do you manage like not being in the cabin with kids and making sure that they're being kind to one another and, and following the rules and things like that. But so meals going through, I'm assuming you serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How, how did you set that up? You know, did you do family style, buffet style? What, how did you do meals? We tried a couple different things last year and we have a good combo of things that we're going to do this year. Our, our only, you know, CDC or ACA or whatever guidelines there are just suggests like takeout style, whatever that means. So we started, um, my mom is our food service coordinator, but she also has been working at the local jail. So she knows all about like, you know, meal, very specific meal, um, uh, allocation. And so we started like putting each kid's meal in a plastic container that was reusable that we would give them. And you had a hot box and you had a cold box for every meal. And it was a lot of dishes and all these different things. And we started thinking about it and we were like, okay, so in order for the kid to get their meal, five people are touching that box, you know, like, and it's gonna maybe get cold. And there's all these different things that you have to worry about. And like, how do you serve waffles? You know, like all these weird things, they were getting hard and crunchy or soggy. Mm -hmm. So I I would say it worked best for breakfast. Um, Then we transitioned to, okay, let's have an outdoor served buffet, where the kids would stand six feet back, and we would, you know, serve them their food and they would take it away to their table Swing it at them we actually we throw pancakes that's actually a thing yes. flying pancakes once a week awesome. and that was one of the biggest questions the kids were like we can still do chuck wagon breakfast right and we we're like of course that's great because it's six feet away we'll just check it out right. um so then we transitioned to a buffet outdoors and this year we're confident we're going to do a buffet, most likely indoors. So they'll come through with their cabin group. They'll be in a mask um, and we'll serve it for them and then pass them their plate. Um, And we just feel like having the food on the proper heat that it's supposed to have and near the kitchen and not transferring plates all around the place and hot dishes and, you know, being closer to the box of gloves and all these sinks and all these things is most important but we will cafeteria style cafeteria style but we're setting up our outdoor main area to be mostly just picnic tables where they can eat and we'll eat outside as much as possible do you guys have any pool or aquatics there yeah we have a pool um so the kids do board diving and all sorts of things um we stopped we didn't do any like lessons in our specific activities last year. We switched to more, you know, rec pool time, which we call pool hangout, 
um, it's the only time we listen to music at camp. If it's either dance or pool hangout is music time. And then we're, we're listening to nature the rest of the time. So the kids got really excited about that. And, you know, keeping distance in the pool is hard when you're playing, you know, water pole and all these things. So hopefully the chlorine kills more than, um, (laughs) everything else (laughs) does, but we did limit that to, to one or two groups on opposite ends of the pool. Um, and we imagine that we'll do that this year as well. And it is, it, yeah. it's, it's hard this year for staffing because a lot of um, lifeguard classes aren't operating. So our staff that we trained in 2019 were able to um, extend their certification last year, but we're struggling to, you know, make sure that we have enough of those people. So we're bringing somebody in house mm-hmm. to do some training. Um, so hopefully that all works out. But I know yeah, I'm almost to the point of hiring some, one of my full-timers is going to get the lifeguard teaching. Yeah. Just because it's, I need something. I'm almost there the as well. are hard yep. to find. Yeah. We, we, we did that for a long time, but then we found that we were spending all of our training time on like, I mean, you have to spend 30 minutes on talking about what happens if a volcano explodes. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the Red Cross uh, certification requires a lot of strange things. And so then we weren't spending any time talking about actual aquatics instruction or what's it, what it's like to go to the beach with Kenelin and do our thing. And so we weren't, yep. you know, we were losing all that time. And so in 2019, we told everybody that they had to come with a certification and our training time would be camp specific. And this year now, it seems like we're forced to go backwards, but not running our lessons, you know, gives us a little bit of leeway there and not going to the beach and all those things. But um, it's hard. We're definitely camps are being tested on their problem solving skills. We all say that we're great at problem solving. And I think we are, um, but we're still getting tested daily. Yeah, yeah, our guards, sure. well, I don't have any lifeguards right now, but for the staff who were interested in being guards, we are offering them a certain amount of a pay bump each week if yeah. they come in with the certification or we will pay for the certification, but then they don't get that that pay bump. Exactly. But they can we choose the wherever thing. they want to go get the certification for lifeguarding because we, we don't have a pool that we can, we have a pool, but we can't do lifeguard certifications in it. Yeah. A lot of our staff have, have had success. Their school will subsidize lifeguard training because they want lifeguards for their pools. So we were offering a $300 bonus, which covers the Red Cross cost, but a lot of staff were able to get it for like 50 bucks. So they were ending up with a $250 cash bonus. Um, and then nice. they could go back and lifeguard at their school. And I was actually finding those links from their own school and sending it to them like, dude, get your lifeguard cert. And we had some pretty good success there. Um, and then, you know, they're not offering those things yeah. anymore. I feel like that's the phrase too. And then 2020. And then, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Going along the lines of training, your general staff training for, for your camp, is that going to be longer or how different does that look? We're trying to supplement a little bit more online um, than we have in the past. Um, We don't, our training won't be longer, but some of our out of state and international staff will have to come a little bit earlier. So we don't want them to be way ahead of the other staff, but we want to utilize that time to do some training. Um, And we feel like um, we're having to incorporate some different subjects than we have in the past. Um, Our our campers haven't had access to adults 
in the same way that they did in the past. And so all these, yeah. you know, people that they were spitballing ideas off of and talking to their friend's mom in the car after practice and talking to their coaches and their church leaders, like they're not getting that support from other non-parental adults. And so we had to do a lot of management of conversation, um, especially with, you know, our political climate right now. Um, and, you know, a lot of human rights being questioned, um, our kids need help processing that. And so we're spending a lot of time, you know, teaching our staff how to have those conversations. Um, and, you know, there, there is some COVID training that has to happen, but I, I think that can be incorporated in our normal healthcare, um, you know, training. I don't expect that to take a lot more time, but we do operating in cohorts means we have to have all of our staff trained in a majority of our activities, which takes a lot of time. Um, so that, you know, we're having to shift everything, um, but we're, we're keeping, our staff arrive on a Wednesday, our general staff arrive on a Wednesday and then the kids show up on a Sunday. So that's sort of our um, time frame there, but ropes staff and specialized activity staff will show up a few days earlier. Um, and we're pretty confident we can do all that, but definitely utilizing a little bit of Zoom recording beforehand to supplement. Yeah, yeah. So are, are you optimistic about this this summer? I am. I'm I'm really excited. First of all, I'm just I miss these kids, you know, like I get these <laughs> updates from there. Like I feel, I mean, we've got kids here who I've seen totally grow up, you know, and I feel one of one of the parents is like, yeah, you're like their third summer parent and you haven't seen them. Like we need to share custody, you know, like we, we miss <laughs> right. them. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see some staff, but I'm also, you know, I, I think I'm lucky in that I'm not as fearful because we've already experienced this once, you know, I think there's a lot yeah, of stress yeah. and anxiety and I don't have that anymore. I had that for sure, <laughs> like <laughs> meltdown in June of 2020, but um, going into it with just some knowledge is helpful. Um, yeah. but I'm excited at the fact that like, we, I don't have to be in a 15 passenger van half of the week, you know, like I'm not, we're not doing that. And I don't have to worry about a lot of other things that we've had to worry about in the past and all these out of camp right. trips and logistics, like that time can be spent really appreciating what we do. Um, mm -hmm. and I've been talking myself to myself and to my staff about, we can't get too comfortable in this because 2022 will go back to normal with a lot of the logistics. Um, and I can't let myself get, you know, too comfortable, but I'm really excited just to be able to, you know, breathe a little bit more into camp yeah. and be, um, so yeah. But you're going to be keeping some things that, you know, Oh, I mean, kids will still be homesick. Staff will still, you know, do what they do. Like there will still be stress <laughs> and yeah, lots right. of work and I will still be doing 30,000 steps a day. I don't um, <laughs> deny any of that, but I think just, um, you know, spending You're gonna some more time. But, but still like things that you learned with like keeping things clean. Hey, let's wash our hands mm -hmm. a little bit more. Oh, so totally. Hand washing and everything. <laughs> I mean, we had a pretty good hand washing culture. I think like our head counselors mm -hmm. stand at the door of the dining hall and the kids have to show them their clean hands before they walk okay, in. Okay. Like that was normal. Um, uh, so that was nice. Um, that felt good too. Like not to sound like, you know, overconfident, but like, <laughs> you know, we were already doing the right thing. Like, you know, we, <laughs> right, we, right. We, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be, you know, camp, 
COVID is not going away. And if anything, it's going to be more prevalent come this summer because, you know, people are out and about. And so the chances of us having COVID in 2021 are way higher than they were in 2020, like just by statistics and numbers. Um, you know, so all, none of that goes away. Um, and yeah, more of my job will be, you know, standing and doing temp, man, I took so many temperatures last summer. Um, <laughs> I had a face shield and everything. Um, that'll still be a thing and, and washing hands will still be a thing. And, you know, spending more time, like, excusing people for meals and like you know filling hand sanitizer like that will be yeah, yeah. added to my task list but at least i can oh, yeah. do that and wave to a kid at the same time as opposed to being <laughs> you know, sent on wild goose chases <clears throat> well it sounds like you got a good team there yeah you know absolutely. so yeah this has been awesome thanks for all yeah. the uh the intel yeah thanks uh, for having I me wrote down a ton of stuff oh, so. well, <laughs> i i'm super one of my favorite things about this year has been how much more collaboration i've done with camp directors like mm-hmm. talking to you all but just like being on zoom i mean i talk to my camp director friends way more often than i have in the past and i hope that doesn't go away um, because that has just been, you know, I think we're a collaborative industry to begin with. Like I imagine we share a little bit more secrets and maybe like people do at dental conferences or, you know, <laughs> when they're competing with each other, I think we're, we're open books, but yeah. you know, I've loved that, um, about this year. And so. Yeah, even just getting together to complain about restrictions it's always yes like, hey i know what do you think about that you know that's like <laughs> nice. i did that yesterday for like two hours um or like what do you think about this or you know yeah commiserating but also just celebrating yep so that's been super fun and i will always chat camp with people so you know feel cool. free to reach out and and how would people reach out what's best way um, my email is Samantha at Kenelyn.com, K-E-N-N-O-L-Y-N.com. Um, and it's also on our website. Um, but I, yeah, I love to talk to people about camp. So I get, I get calls from camp directors and I got a call from a museum the other day. They were like, we heard you uh, ran. We heard you ran. Do you want to tell us about what you do? So yeah, we're always happy to chat awesome. camp. Awesome. awesome. Next week, Kurt, more camp store. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> this is, we've talked camp store with Jason, and now next week we're going to be talking camp store with Roylene from 413 Strength Gear. So, kind of a vendor's take on camp store and what that yeah. looks like. So, that's yeah. exciting. Samantha, thank you so much for being here. I, again, I took tons of notes of things I am trying to figure out for myself this summer. So, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. From around the campfire, this has been Kelly, Chris, and Kurt. Thanks for listening. See ya.